Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nga mihi nui and a big hello. I'm Alison Balance and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ. A southern right whale has been the talk of the town since it turned up in Wellington Harbour recently. It's been wooing the watching crowds with its antics. Now, since this is radio, I can't show you any photos, although you can find some of those on our webpage at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. But I can share with you some amazing recordings of southern right whales. These were made by Trudy Webster down in the right whale hotspot of the Auckland Islands. The first gunshot sounds you'll hear are made only by males, while the rest of the repertoire is produced by both males and females. Those were southern right whales having a good old chat about, well, something. We're not exactly sure what. But we do know some things about these mighty marine mammals, and here to tell us more is New Zealand's southern right whale expert, Will Raymond from the University of Otago. This time of year, in the winter, southern right whales are coming inshore from their offshore feeding grounds. They've spent the, the summer out looking for food, which is plankton, mostly copepods. And in the wintertime, the females come inshore to have their calves, and the rest of the population basically come inshore to socialise. Um, so the females are looking for good places to have their calves, which are basically sheltered waters, so sheltered from the big swells and the strong winds that you find out in the Southern Ocean. When they have their calves, the calves are not particularly strong swimmers, and so being buffeted around in the wind and the waves um, would be a tough life for them, especially when they've got the nurse from mum. So, yeah, they're looking for these, these calm and sheltered waters for, to reduce the energy expenditure by their calves. And they're socialising. Will they mate again this year? Will they mate again this year? No. Um, the females who have their calves won't mate again this year. Typically, they have a three-year calving cycle. But an interesting question is where the mating does go on. You know, so I said that they come in short to socialise. Uh, and on their wintering grounds, we see lots of social activity. And we do see mating behaviour. And we see mating actually happening. The question is, is this mating actually functional? Does it result in um, pregnant females? And what we think is that actually it doesn't because we very rarely, if ever, see uh, females on the calving ground in the year before they have their calves. So it suggests that they're getting pregnant somewhere else. Do we have any idea how long they're pregnant for? Uh, They're pregnant for a year. They mate, they get pregnant, they're pregnant for a year, they have their calf. 
calf stays with mum for about a year until it's weaned, and then mum has a, a year off essentially to um, uh, regather and gain her, regain her body condition, and then she gets pregnant again. So let's just go back to the late 1700s, which was probably the last heyday of the southern right whale. What would New Zealand have been like in the winter then, because there would have been lots of whales around? Would they have been all over the place? Yeah, we think they were. We think they were found from um, the northern tip of New Zealand right down to the to the southern part and in the subantarctic as well. There were lots of white, right whales around our coastline. The early settlers in Wellington actually complained that there were so many right whales in Wellington Harbour that um, all they're carrying on and um, was keeping them awake at night. That's interesting because Rob Seusted, who's a, a wildlife photographer, has been saying on Twitter that he said he's not sure that that's right because he reckons that by the time there were early European settlers in Wellington, he reckons most of the whales would have been hunted out. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I've heard this story. Um, I'm not quite sure what the source is. I think it might be a bit of an urban legend. But certainly there were an awful lot more right whales around uh, at that time. Otago Harbour is a, is a good example. Um, we know from the data that's come from the whaling stations, uh, the largest whaling station in New Zealand was at Otago, just inside Tairoa Head um, in Otago Harbour. And uh, at its peak in about 1835, they were taking about 100 whales out of the immediate area per year. So, you know, there were an awful lot more whales around New Zealand at that time. Um, I'm not sure if that story about Wellington Harbour is true, but it's certainly true um, that there were um, very high densities of right whales around our coast which made that coastal whaling operation um, you know, profitable at the time. But not for a very long time because they managed to kill them so effectively. But then we hunted them almost to extinction to the point where I think there were a few decades earlier in the 1900s where there were no southern right whales seen around mainland New Zealand. Yeah, that's right. I think, I think the dates are 1928 to 1965 um, where there were no sightings of southern rights around mainland New Zealand at all. So we thought that we'd got rid of them altogether. And modelling work suggests that we reduced the New Zealand population from about 30,000 or so pre-commercial whaling down to fewer than 100 in the 1900s before they were protected. They were virtually extirpated from New Zealand, sadly. Well, luckily for us, a few of them in particular hung on in our subantarctic. So tell me about our subantarctic right whale populations. So, yeah, they hung on in the subantarctic, and that's where they have been bouncing back. That's where the centre of population is now. The only breeding ground that we know about is in the Auckland Islands, and it's centred on Port Ross, which is a sheltered harbour at the northern end of the Auckland Islands. And that's the only place that we know where, where right whales are regularly having calves at the moment. There are the occasional calf um, seen around mainland New Zealand, but um, it's not regular. There are no um, places where you could go you know, in any one year and say, this is, you know, we're going to see calves there. So Auckland Islands are really where it's all happening, um, and the population seems to be seems to have been expanding there over the last um, a few years whilst we've been studying them, which has been great. There are also uh, right whales seen around Campbell Island, another one of New Zealand's subantarctic islands, and we didn't know much about what was happening around Campbell. The most recent expedition was in 2014 when a group of researchers went there, and they found uh, lots of right whales. They found that there were plenty around. They were um, very reliable but they didn't find any calves. They didn't find any calving females. So we've got this really interesting situation where there are plenty of right whales there, but it doesn't seem to be a calving area. The estimates from our photo ID data suggest that the habitat was being used by maybe 300 whales, but yep, no mums, no calves. So a really interesting distinction between the Auckland Islands, where all the calving is happening, and, the Camp and Campbell Island, which just seems to be a, a place where whales go to socialise. 
I know that you do photographic identification of the whales. Did you see any matches between whales at Campbell Island and those at Auckland Islands? We did, yeah. We saw matches between the Campbell Island whales and the Auckland Island whales. And we've had matches between the Auckland Islands and the main, and mainland New Zealand and mainland New Zealand and Campbell Island as well. So the population isn't separated into these habitats. We can reasonably safely assume now that it's one big New Zealand population uh, that travels around and uses all these different habitats at different parts of their life. Photo identification, what is it about the whales that allows you to individually identify them? So they have this pattern of colossities on their head. The colossities are these, are these white patches on the head. You'll, if you look at a photograph of a right whale, you'll see these white patches on the head. People often think these are barnacles. Um, they're actually not barnacles. They're patches of callus or rough skin. And that callus is infested by these little crustaceans called cyamids. So it's literally a living mat of little crustaceans um, which are hanging onto the rough skin, nibbling away on that rough skin. That's how they get their food. And these patches of callus are unique to each whale, so that each whale has a different pattern. The patterns are really consistent, and it means that by photographing them, comparing photos with other photographs that we have, we can pick different whales apart and also follow the history of uh, the sightings we have for each whale. So in terms of the population at, at the Auckland Islands, how many whales are you seeing there when you go down in winter? We estimate, using our photo ID data, that for the time that we're down there, which is about three weeks in the winter time, there are between three and 400 uh, right whales using the habitat. But that's only a small portion of the population. The whole population doesn't come inshore every year. So that's just a, a fraction of the total population size, which is estimated to be about 2,500 now. And how fast is that population growing? We think at about 4 to 7% per year. Is that a good rate for a whale population? It's a really good, healthy rate for a whale population, yeah. You know, they only have one calf um, every three years. And so, you know, the population isn't going to grow super fast, but that's a very healthy rate. The, the, the very fastest um, growth rates in southern right whale populations are around about 7% per year. Well, that's great news. And around mainland New Zealand, where are the places that the southern right whales are turning up most often? It's amazing. They're everywhere, really. Um, there are some places that are more reliable, and it's the places mostly around southern New Zealand, so around the Otago coast, Hawaii Bay and Southland. You know, these are the places where um, their strongholds used to be, and so maybe it's not surprising that, that um, right whales are returning to those areas. But even so, there are, um, there are sightings, like I said, pretty much all around the country, so not unusual to be seen around Banks Peninsula, um, Kaikoura, uh, Wellington, and even far, further north. Um, so, you know, there have been right whales uh, sighted off the coast of Auckland and around uh, off the northern coast as well. Um, there was a, a mum and calf off the um, Bay of Islands just a few years back. So, you know, they really do seem to use the whole coastline and, and anywhere um, during the winter time, you might be lucky enough to see a southern right whale along our coast. So this whale that's turned up in Wellington Harbour that's eliciting so much interest from the public here, people say to me, what's it doing here? Has it got lost? It hasn't got lost. Um, what it's doing is it's coming inshore in the wintertime, as right whales do, um, to look for other right whales and it's coming back to a habitat that would have been used by its ancestors. Um, so it hasn't got lost. It's really checking out new areas and new territory for this expanding population. I imagine if it doesn't find any whales, uh, any other whales to hang out with, then it will move on. But it's really interesting and it has stayed around for a while. It's been quite athletic and acrobatic leaping around out of the water. Do you think that might be trying to signal, like sending a message to other whales out here, hey, I'm here? Uh, potentially, although the, the distances over which those messages will be effective aren't very great. We see that kind of behaviour a lot during the wintertime. Like I said, whales are, are socialising and clearly breaching, tail slapping, 
lobtailing and waving your uh, flippers around, these are some kind of signals. We're not exactly sure what they mean. And yeah, sure, maybe it's showing off, it's trying to communicate, but unfortunately with no other whales around, you know, you know, it doesn't seem like there are any others to hear those signals at the moment or see those signals. For the rest of the year, when the whales aren't close inshore and calving, where are they? So we know that they head offshore. Again, we're not precisely sure where. Uh, back in the whaling days, there used to be quite high densities of whales sighted over the Chatham Rise. That was a great place to forage in the summertime. Uh, and also out to the west of New Zealand, kind of south of Australia, in an area called the Subtropical Convergence, which is a really productive area where lots of their food, copepods, can be found at that time of year. These days, we do not hear reports of lots of whales out on the Chatham Rise. And I think because there's quite a lot of shipping traffic out there, there's quite a lot of fishing going on, I think that if there were lots of whales out there, then we would see them. So uh, the data we have at the moment suggests that most of the whales that are um, seen around New Zealand during the winter are going out to the west of New Zealand in the northwest, so an area to the south of Australia. And indeed, there were some satellite tags put on whales in 2009, I think it was, and all the whales where the tags worked uh, indicated that, yeah, they went out to the west. So I'd be super interested to find out more about that. We'd love to mount some expeditions uh, out into these remote areas of the Southern Ocean to try and find feeding right whales. In the meantime, you've got another of your annual research trips coming up down to the Auckland Islands in a couple of weeks. What are you going to be doing? The bread and butter is really continued monitoring of the population, um, the photo ID, so we can chart the population's recovery, estimate population size and survival rate and the rates at which they have their calves and so on. And for the last couple of years, we've um, added an exciting twist to it. We're using UAVs, drones, um, to get aerial images of right whales so that we can measure their body condition. We're really, really interested and effectively finding out how fat they are, which gives us an indication of um, what conditions are like in the Southern Ocean where they're foraging and whether or not that might be affected by, say, climate change or other impacts that we're having on the ocean. So, yeah, that's, the, um, that's a, a really interesting part of the project that we're involved with at the moment. And, of course, it generates some beautiful images of whales as well. You get, you get a, a, really, a really great pers- perspective from the bird's eye view. Are they looking like they're in good condition? They look fantastic, to be honest. They look... Very, very fat and healthy. Calves are very boisterous. The mums look in really good condition. And we know by comparing them to populations elsewhere in the world that um, our whales look really good. They look in really good nick. If we compare it to um, North Atlantic right whales, for example, which is a population which is in dire trouble, they're severely impacted by um, entanglement in fishing nets and ship strike and noise in their environment and all kinds of things. And they look skinny and um, their skin's in poor condition. They don't look anything like um, our big, fat, happy, healthy whales, which we see around New Zealand. Thanks, Will. That's Southern right whale expert Will Raymond from the University of Otago. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 12th of July 2018. For photos, useful links, and a vast library of previous stories, check out our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash world. It's also a place where you can sign up for our handy weekly email newsletter. You can listen to us on the RNZ app and subscribe to us as a podcast in all the usual places, including Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public and Apple Podcasts on iTunes. If you're a podcast fan, and I'm picking you are since you're listening to this, RNZ is launching a new show called The Podcast Hour, in which Richard Scott searches out some of the world's best podcasts and chats to the makers. Listen out for it. 
You can keep up with it on Twitter where they tweet us RNZ Podcast Hour and we are, as always, RNZ Science on both Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for your company. Bye for now. Nakume na mihi nui. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.